When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on 9 to Noon to help you navigate family life. Starting daycare can be a daunting and emotional time for children and their parents. Whether it's a baby, toddler or preschooler, transitioning a child to care can be fraught. Senior early childhood teacher Heather McRobbie from Wellington's Tikaianga Nui Centre is here to talk us through the settling process and to share practical tips for parents to make the transition as pain-free for everybody as possible. Uh, plus, she'll answer some of your questions. Nga mihi and welcome. Good to meet you, Heather. Hi, hi there. It's a big deal for parents and for kids. What is it about this day that is so daunting? What's happening emotionally for everybody? Um, I think that uh, parents naturally have an emotional attachment to their child, what their child is feeling. Often the parent is feeling that and heightened as well. Um, And I think that also the parent isn't going to be there with the child and that might be the first time for a lot of a lot of parents and so they have to have a whole lot of trust in the center they've chosen and the process and um and trust that everything's going to be great for their child this most precious precious child is going out into the world Uh, and as you say because they're young trust and trust in their care and, and their surroundings you, I think, are suggesting a good place to start is to look at a centre's settling in policy. Do centres really think this through, and what does one of those look like? Absolutely. A settling policy should have been a document that is had a really robust process behind it where the teaching team and the families who attend that centre have all shared their expectations and what what they consider best practice around settling. A lot of research goes into it about best practice. And so the policy should be really robust. Um, And I'm not sure if every centre has a settling policy per se, but every centre should have some form of guidelines, a booklet. Um, A policy is a good one. So what are we talking about as a settling process? How long and tr- typically what's the, the, um, what are the events that unfold and what's the process that unfolds? So a good settling process should be gradual, relaxed. You should build up to um, time spent in the centre for the child. Um, we have a two-week po- po- process and it starts with the very first visit the parent and the child come into the centre, the parent stays maybe for an hour, as long as the child is still happy and engaged. And then the visits increase in duration from that point, but slowly and we're always reading the child and how they're coping, how happy they are. And maybe the second visit, the parent will leave 
the centre, maybe for half an hour, go get a cup of coffee, come back. Um, and then we just we proceed like that. So you gradually increase the amount of time that the parent is absent. Yeah. But they, in the early stages, they come back, that, that yep. reassurance that they come back. What are the ages, by the way, attending your centre? We take from 14 months through to five. Does it vary much depending on age? Yeah, there's quite a lot of variation in terms of what we need to know from a parent about about the needs that their child has. Obviously, lo- younger children, uh, infants and toddlers will have more needs. There'll be a bottle or nappy change. There'll be their sleep routines, and we need to know about all of those things. Older children, like from three upwards, it's more about their interests, the things they like to do. So there's quite a lot of difference in terms of what we need to know, but I don't think there's much difference in terms of how the child themselves copes. It's a gradual removal of the reassurance of mum and dad as they become more comfortable with, with the environment. We mentioned emotion. Let's talk about the parent's emotion. And as you say, it might vary. This might be a baby that's had a lot of time with lots of hands, you know, supportive grandparents or um, arrangements. Um, It might be a a child who's primarily been with one mum or one caregiver, one primary caregiver, an old boy. What's normal about that process of, um, for the parent and for the child, about that process of gradual I'm going to use the word separation, but gradual withdrawal of the parent from the scene and the, and the, the child becoming more and more confident there on their own. What's some of the emotional and physical reactions that oh, they go okay. through? Yeah, there's quite a range. You can expect crying, upset, tantruming. Um, it can be really short-lived. It can go on for weeks, even months, potentially. I mean, that's unusual, but it does happen, and that's actually normal. Um, Some children just find settling extremely challenging. For some children, it's super easy, and it just depends on the child. If they've had a lot of social interaction with other young kids, is that typically, does does that assist the situation? Yeah, Yeah. it does. My team and I discussed this, and we do note that attachment parenting, which has the goal of the child being very securely attached to the primary caregiver, does have the result that that child is attached to that one person, and it does seem to be harder for an attachment parented child to settle into a centre. So how do you deal with that? Is this where the primary carer model comes in? Yeah. And there's one person at the centre who becomes the new primary person (laughs) in that child's life. How do you work through that? Well, we work extremely closely with the parent. That's really key is the relationship between the key teacher and the parent because that trust and that emotional security is transferred from the parent to the teacher and again it's a gradual process it depends on the parent trusting the key teacher and the key teacher slowly slowly building a relationship of trust with the child and saying 
you can come to me now to get your emotional bucket refilled and I will provide that nurturing and care to you. And it's amazing how children, they they just adapt to it. They, they learn that that teacher is there to look after them and care for them and they, they accept that and have an amazing relationship with that person. Can most centres offer that? Would you do that for the settling period for all kids? 100% yeah. all centres should offer that. Right. A, a key teacher who settles a child, even if it's only for the settling period, mm. not all centres have key teachers that carry on, but for the settling period... However long that takes, there should be a key teacher. So ideally, just listen to that settling process again of two weeks. Ideally, a primary caregiver, a primary caregiver, or, or someone that child really knows and trusts, you should be setting aside as much time over those two weeks to be there, and then to gradually be there less and less. Right? Absolutely. Okay. What's your advice for parents preparing themselves, especially those who have that very strong? Um, well, all do, but but you know, have not been in a situation where there's lots of hands on deck, and um, it, for them is a heck of a moment to be having any other person becoming the, the primary carer for their child for a time. What are the emotions that that every parent, but particularly those parents, will be going through, and how do you talk to them about how to manage it? So, first, the very first thing a parent should do is really really know the centre and trust and have researched and know this is the centre that I've chosen because it is the best centre for my child, their philosophy and their teaching practices is exactly what I want and so you have that trust in the centre you have, you develop a really strong relationship with the teaching team, the parent and the teaching team And I think a parent, to remember that this is going to be so good for your child, they're going to be able to learn and engage and play in a way that is going to extend their horizons, they're going to make new friends, it's going to be an amazing thing for your child. So let the rational brain do the talking (laughs) and just bear the heart doing the the emotion, right? Yeah, Absolutely. You're reassuring yourself Mm -hmm. as well as reassuring your child. What do you say, and again this is age dependent, um, but what do you say and how do you prepare the child's you know, ahead of beginning the settling process. Again, are you talking to them about, are you talking them through what's about to happen and why, and talking up the positives? Also, secondary to that, what are some of the questions you often hear that kids say, or the I don't want to go thing? Just mm. just what are sort of the conversations that parents might be having? Yeah, absolutely. So it's great to focus on the positives, go through all of the great fun things that are going to happen for your child, prepare them for what their day is going to look like. Um, You know, first you're going to do this and then you'll do that and then you'll do this. That's really helpful for them to have a sense of security about what's going to happen. Talk about the settling teacher that they will be with. Again, that helps the child feel secure. Um, that routine and just talking through what to expect. A ritual around drop-off, sometimes something that just signals it's time. It might be a favourite toy or a favourite book or uh, what sort of rituals do people bring to signal at a very deep level it's time to go to, go to um, preschool now? 
So parents can say to their child, we'll have a book, we'll have a kiss and a cuddle, and then I'm going to leave. And that sets up the expectation. The child knows what's going to happen. Um, Then having a book, a story together is really, really common. Some children like to listen to some a certain piece of music and do some dancing. Some a lot of children like to sit down at the kai table first and open their lunch boxes. That you know, food's super comforting, and that's a really comforting, secure thing for a child to do. This is as they arrive. Yeah, yep, as they yep. arrive. So there's a wee handover. Absolutely. That's both, I imagine, distracting and pleasurable, but also, as you say, it's it's routine. It's it's something that they can be sure of. Um, there was just a question I was going to have allied to that. Oh, yes. As you begin this period of having further and further time away, you're not big on people sneaking away, right? It's best to say, I'm going now. I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'll be back in half an hour. Yeah. I'll be back at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, well, your child needs to know that they can trust that you're mm-hmm. not going to sneak off on them. Um they can become hypervigilant if a parent tries to sneak away and they also get really upset if they feel like they didn't get to say goodbye to a parent. Sometimes they'll be more upset if that happens than if they get to say goodbye, go through that ritual, have the kiss, the cuddle, know what's happening and have some sort of like control over it. Everything about this is about trust, isn't it? Absolutely. Everything about yeah. it. Now, if you've got a child who's upset, um, and probably a parent who's upset as well, during this transition process, how does that unfold? Who who takes over the comforting? What does the other party do? So if the child is upset, during the settling period especially, but generally, it's helpful for the parent to just leave fairly quickly. Stick to what you've said you're going to do and then leave because um, coming back or, or feeling like you need to hang around only drags the upset period out. Once the parent has left and the teachers step in, generally 99% of the time or maybe even more, children settle. They stop being upset. They are ready to begin their day. Um, we're... It's a parent who's really upset. I've had a parent parents crying down in the hallway, um, and amazing that they tried to make sure their child didn't see that. That's really important. You don't want your child to see you being upset. They feed off you. A hundred percent. You need to be happy and positive, and then you can cry when you leave. And if a teacher sees that a parent's upset, yeah. we will come out yeah. and work to reassure the parent and try and comfort them and you know sometimes parents just need to have a little bit of a cry and a a, a reassuring shoulder and some advice there's heaps going on here so much for everybody is this also a question of trust again because if you do leave you want to know what's happening after you've left and as you said for some children it might be straight away they're into it for some it'll be a few days a few weeks and is that again just honesty over whether you know yes your child has you know did keep crying or is upset but this is not unusual and here's how we're dealing with it again just asking the questions and getting the information you need yeah well centers should be communicating with you very regularly throughout the process if your child's upset when you leave 
They should ring you once a child is no longer upset to let you know that your child has settled. During the settling time, if a child isn't settling and remains upset, it is best for the centre to contact the parent and just say, look, today it didn't didn't go off the way we wanted it to and your child continued to be upset. So it might be better for you to come and get them and we'll try again tomorrow. Re-strategise because they get to that point sometimes where it's beyond, you know, recovery really, isn't it? So re-strategise and maybe it is that the parent's going to stay a little bit longer or there's going to be a different way of of doing things. Where is the boundary, again, looking from the parent's point of view here, between expected distress and a signal that this is not the right centre for you might not be the right option for your child at the moment, which is a really hard call to, to make. But where's that boundary? How often do you find, or, um, you know, if not at your centre elsewhere, at what point would you recommend a parent really rethink things? So I have never had an experience at my centre where... the teaching team felt a child was actually not going to settle and this was not going to be right for that child. That's never happened. However, it could happen. And the reason that that would happen would be potentially a centre might not have a settling process in place that is supportive enough of a child. And there's various reasons why that would happen. If you've researched your centre in depth, you've checked that they are a recommended centre, that all of their practices are in place that should be, you should know that this is a good centre and just carry on. But if you are really feeling like after months, I, I would say like if it's like two, three months and it's still continuing, I would, and you're feeling like, is this the right place? I would recommend doing further research and maybe talking to someone who can advise you. Are there different ages and stages when starting that are particularly problematic? Um, uh, And I don't mean problematic, but you, you could anticipate more issues than perhaps with someone younger or older. Well, not really, ironically. Sometimes a very young child, children under one, will settle really easily and then you'll have three-year-olds who settle really easily and then three-year-olds who don't settle really easily. I don't know how much it is to do with age, although there is, for babies at about eight months old, there's a recognition of strangers and an understanding oh this person is somebody I don't know and that can kick in at about eight months so that's something that that can happen for younger babies and for toddlers those volcanic moments again they're recoverable you might see them but they're recoverable is it better to start off with the maximum amount of time that your child will be in care or to gradually work up well again that is to do with what is going to suit you, your family dynamic, your work situation, and what you want for your child. If you want to be able to have your child home more and in centre less, and you have that option, that's that's a great choice to be able to make. But if you're a full-time parent and you need your child to be in full-time care, there's also a lot of amazing positives with that. Children in full-time care who start straight away full-time, 
are really closely connected with their settling teachers. They're very much part of the life of the centre. They're really engaged. They learn and develop really fast. They have lots of friends. So there's pluses and minuses to to either and I think it just depends on your situation and what you want for your child. Preparing for those first weeks, apart from the practical things like labelling clothes and lunch boxes, prepare for sickness. Kids, people spread germs. In fact, <laughs> it's part of building our, res- our resistance. When we're another you're gonna catch stuff and probably when you start you're gonna catch stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much generally happens Especially children who are younger, uh, maybe under three, they will start in the centre and then they just will start getting sick fairly regularly with coughs and colds and runny noses and all of that sort of thing. So factor that into your planning. Yeah. A um, couple of things to finish, a couple of questions or observations. This is a good one from Angela. I used to leave some car keys and my son knew I would be back soon. It worked. <laughs> nice little ploy. Yeah, absolutely. Any any little connection between the centre and home that your child is able to hold on to, look at, think about that is reassuring for them that's that's great uh, What age is optimal for kids to start daycare instead of being at home with mum in this instance? Does it differ for boys and girls? Well I think that definitely by the time your child's two you will probably be noticing that they want to go out, out in the world they've got lots of energy, they want to play, they want to explore and when I was a mum, I found that I couldn't keep up. I just couldn't provide enough for my child and uh, a centre. Their social world is so complex and so all-consuming that it really fills all of those needs that children have. Now, this is interesting. Last one. Is two better than one? We attend play centre and love it, but Miss Three and a Half needs more structure and extension. So we've started Montessori three days a week and play centre two days. They both offer very different things that we love, but drop-offs can be a struggle as she'll ask for the other centre sometimes. Is this too much to ask from her at this age? She has excellent peer relationships at both places. Tricky question. Um, Because it... A lot of parents do this and it is generally something like a Steiner and a Montessori paired with a sort of more mainstream centre and you're kind of getting best of both worlds but you are going to have to deal with issues around settling and you know just having to resettle in each centre as they go between but there's you know there's benefits to that as well. Thank you. Really appreciate your time today, Heather McRobbie, who is from Wellington's Te Nui Centre. Good to talk. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.